0: Real sports talk for real sports fans.
1: it them in, slam dunk, touchdown,
0: sports. It's Jimmy B and TC. Oh yeah, the word you're looking for is wow.
1: Here's Gemma Trent. Hey everybody, it's our second hour. We take you all the way till 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. Bobby LeJesse, Land of Ten will be coming up in about 20 minutes. But right now we're going to do a little baseball conversation. Scott Miller, Bleacher Report, Major League Baseball. He is our guest. Hi Scott, and the Minnesota Twins are rolling. I got to shoot that one out since my partner Trent is such a hardcore Minnesota Twins fan.
2: Hey, Jim. Hey, Trent. Nice to be with you. And, uh, yeah, I think I do remember that. And, um, yeah, you know, after a slow, slow start, maybe the twins are finally getting their act together. You're right. They've been playing better lately. And I think, uh, you know, one key thing is they're about to get healthy. You know, they're, they're, they're optimistic that Byron Buxton, uh, who's been out with that uh, broken toe might rejoin the team in Anaheim this weekend. And, um, you know, Irvin Santana hasn't pitched yet, you you know, with that finger issue, so, you know, he's, you know, a little ways away yet, but, um, you know, if they can just get Buxton back and, uh, you know, start to get healthy, Castro's out, Sano's out, Um, you know, Buxton would be a start.
3: Yeah, and and getting that defense back out there, even if the offense uh, is not what we saw last year, late in the year, just Mm -hmm. him patrolling center field means so much for that staff, and, we got to see a newest addition of that staff again yesterday after, in game number one, Fernando Romero shut down the Blue Jays. Then last night, doing it against the Cardinals, a power sinker ball pitcher pumps it up there at 98. Movement all over the place. He, he was a good prospect, but not an uber prospect. Is this guy, is this somebody that maybe some of the scouts missed on, or is he pitching well above his head in his first two starts?
2: You know, we'll see. I mean, it's hard to imagine he's going to continue to pitch um, as well as he has, simply because um, you know he can't, he can't, he can't throw any better. I mean, it's it's been crazy, you know what 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 this kid has done. Um, I think I saw, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the first guy to go five or more innings and allow zero runs in his first two major league starts in like forever. Um, you know, so. He's going to give up a run eventually. I do feel safe predicting that. But that said, if he can pitch even at 75% of what he's done so far, that's going to help the Twins quite a bit. And, you know, you're starting to see, you know, one thing, one reason the Twins have been down, um, you know, more often than not over the past several years is they have had difficulty developing pitching. And now what we've seen, the way Barrios came on last year, the way Romero has come on in his first couple of starts this year, um, you know, if they can if they can keep that pitching pipeline coming, you know, just a little bit, then then things uh, uh, could be in real good shape for Minnesota in the foreseeable future.
1: All right, then take me to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, Jason Hayward he's uh, on the seven day DL because of concussion protocol. you uh, Darvish has got the flu. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, they finally got a sl- they, they they got a slump buster with Miami coming in and they pounded them last night. Is this a team that we have all picked to win the Central Division of the National League? Uh, you're not because it's so early in the year. You're not thinking anybody else would win that division, are you?
2: No, I mean I'm kind of intrigued by what St. Louis is doing, and Milwaukee is pretty good as well. But I don't like Milwaukee's pitching. They 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 needed. I like that they added Lorenzo Cain over the winter and Christian Yelich, but their their rotation is still alarmingly short. So unless they add somebody at the trade deadline, you know we'll see what happens there. But um, you know Cardinals could be challenging for the Cubs. I mean they they they've got a good thing going in St. Louis and. You know, if they keep walking, Wainwright healthy, and they're going to get Alex Reyes, their their uber phenom, uh, theoretically should be back by late May or early June. Um, but that said, the Cubs realistically should win the division. Um, you're right you darvish uh you know what what whether this is uh whatever strain of flu this is and it might just be opposing batter's flu because he's been getting lit up they might have decided to give him a time out you know so that's what uh-huh. this reads like to me i don't know if i remember by the way anybody going on a disabled list with a flu before i to me th- this is a designed and thing to try to get darvish recalibrated but um you know Chatwood's been disappointing too, Tyler Chatwood. You know they, they signed him as a free agent over the winter. Uh, they the analytics told the Cubs that as a ground ball pitcher, his stuff could play big in in, in Wrigley Field, and it's been disappointing so far. I mean between Chatwood and Darvish, and you know I think they're going to get it together. They they also recently, until Saturday that that wild game in St Louis on Saturday, the previous nine games the Cubs scored three or fewer runs, so. Uh, for the Cubs, it's been pitching, but it's also been a lack of hitting. Anthony Rizzo was on the deal with the back injury uh, or the sore back. Um, You know, you've had bad weather. I don't have to tell you guys that. You know, throughout the month of April, it was really not good hitting weather. So, you know, the Cubs just have not been very good, you know, hitting, pitching, uh, defensively. I I expect that to pick up and that's a long answer, but yes, I do think the Cubs will win the division, but I, you know, Keep an eye on St. Louis.
3: You know, it's funny. You mentioned these guys that came in at and Chatwood, and you also bring in you Darvish. Thinking of, of Theo Epstein in the past, free agency as good as he is at building a ball club, these high price going back to the days in Boston free agent acquisitions hasn't exactly been his calling card.
2: No, no, you're right. Um, uh, you know, and and I think with that speaks to is even if you're a verified genius like theo epstein free agent is agency is a crapshoot. i mean basically what we're seeing in free agency and that's why we saw it start to change this past winter um for there are a couple things at work here i think number one um what you're paying for in free agency for the most part is past performance right i mean You know, guys are underpaid generally when they become stars because they're so young and they're still under team control. And you also have, you know, they finally get into their arbitration years. But the the, the way baseball, the salary structure's been for the past many years is when you're a young guy, you know, like Chris Bryant even, you know, you're underpaid, Um, you have good years and then you make up for being underpaid when you become a free agent, and oftentimes you become overpaid then, and then it balances out. That's theoretically the way it's worked. Well, with 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 now that we're well beyond steroids and performance-enhancing drugs, including <laughs> amphetamines, um, what we're seeing now is older players in the 30s are aging at a lot more quick, at a quicker rate than they did, you know, in the 90s, 80s and 90s, when, when, when guys were taking steroids or amphetamines or whatever else. So what happens is the free agents that are now out there that are into their 30s, you know, the, the analytics will show that there begins to be a pretty good deterioration after about age 31 or 32. So, um, you know, you go to sign free agents, generally they're in their 30s, and the return on your investment is is not great all the time that's why it's a crapshoot.
1: interesting and very interesting that you uh reference the steroid era and how a lot of those guys uh prolong their careers i found that very interesting uh is the boston red sox new york yankees rivalry back now in full swing
2: yeah i think it is because i think um these are the two best teams in in,
1: uh, in the American League. There's no
2: question in my mind. Um, well, I take that back. They're the, they're, let me say this. They're the two best teams in the American League East by miles. Toronto can be competitive on good days. Baltimore is awful. Tampa Bay was awful, and they've been playing better lately. But by and large, it's a two-horse race. Orioles, I mean, uh, Yankees, Red Sox, without a doubt. Um, you know, expand that to the American League. Houston, on paper, is probably the best team. Uh, Cleveland's very good. To me, you've got four superpowers in the American League. Houston, Cleveland, Yankees, Red Sox. Now, of those four, the fact that the Yankees and Red Sox are among them automatically amps up that Yankee-Red Sox rivalry, I think, no question. Then you add to the fact that Boston started 16-2. and Yankees won 15 of 16 going into today's, uh, series opener. Um, and yeah, you've got two teams that think they can win it all this year in, in the Yankees and Red Sox. And so when they face each other, uh, and, and that's tonight, by the way, begins a, a series in, uh, in right. New York, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be very, very intense.
3: You know, another interesting series that gets started again tonight, Dodgers D-backs. These teams have already seen each other a whole lot, but the Dodgers have dug themselves that eight-game deficit already at this point. They got guys playing out of position. The injury to Corey Seager, it was initially, well, go get Manny Machado. Now with Kershaw dealing with tendonitis, it's May 8th. Can we realistically talk about a lost season for this Dodgers squad?
1: Um,
2: No, I I think it's way too premature. That said, I don't like the Dodgers' odds this year for a number of reasons, but um, they trailed Arizona by about nine games uh, at this point in the season two or three years ago, and they came roaring, I think it was two years ago, they came roaring back. Remember, two years ago is when they had their, they went like 43 43 and seven in 50 Mm -hmm. games. I mean, they unreeled that incredible stretch. So, the fact that they... Back from a nine game deficit two years ago. I think that's why right now it's premature to rule them out. That said, I would be pretty comfortable saying they're not going to do a 43 and 7 stretch twice in three seasons. I think what we yes. saw two years ago was historical. <laughs> uh, and I, I think they're going to be hard for us to repeat that. That's number one. Number two, we've seen it time and time again with the extra long playoffs now, ever since they added that extra round back in 95. Um, teams that play all the way to the end of October, if you win the World Series or even if you just play in the World Series and come in second, there's a hangover effect the next year. There's no doubt about it. Um, That's why the last team to win back-to-back World Series, you've got to go back to the Yankees from 1998 to 2000 when they won three in a row. Since 2001, we have not had a back-to-back World Series winner. So, um, you know, I think that's – Another reason the Dodgers are playing against the odds this year, and I think we've seen it early, there's a hangover effect from all the extra innings and high-leverage pitches they threw last October. The pitching staff looks sluggish. The Dodgers, in general, have not played that well. Defensively, they've been sloppy. And then you come to just all the bad juju that's happened. You know, Justin Turner breaking his wrist at the end of spring training. Uh, Corey Seeger going down for the season. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, this is a third year in a row on the DL. Now the past two years, it's been, his back. You know, it hasn't been his arm. The fact that it's his arm this year, I think that's a cause for concern as well. So I think you add everything up. I'm not going to count the Dodgers out yet, but I'm going to say the odds are stacked against them more than in any recent year. Um, They've won five National League West titles in a row. I think this is the year when when they do not get to number 6.
3: Scott Miller joining us from Bleacher Report. Scott, as always, great talking with you. Love talking baseball. Let's do it again soon, if your time permits. Always enjoy the conversation.
2: My pleasure, guys. Thanks.
3: Scott Miller joining us here on the program today. Jimmy B. Boy, he's one of the best scribes. We, we didn't even get into, he, ha, he had a great article uh, talking a little bit about Troy Tolowitzky and, and the injuries that he's gone through. Mm-hmm. Jimmy B., he's one of the tops in the game. I, I'm so glad we can get him on the program from time to time.
1: He's terrific. Uh, Scott is uh, so knowledgeable, and he knows how to deliver it on radio. That's the best part, Trent. He understands the time frames and everything else, and he makes great points on every question that we ask him.
3: He's a good one. We're lucky to have him. Scott Miller, give him a follow on Twitter, at Scott Miller BBL Baseball. We're coming back on the other side, turning our attention over to a little Hawkeye talk. Bobby LaGesse from the Land of Ten. He's up next here as we take you up until 6 o'clock tonight. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700.
4: Hey, it's Tiki Barber and
2: Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom!
0: Hey guys, Nate Adams. Buying jewelry can be scary. When I was ready to propose, I went online first. But then I stopped by Christopher's Fine Jewelry. Christine showed me the four C's and helped me understand what I was buying. I got a ring that my wife loves to this day and a relationship with a local jeweler that is so important. If you're ready to propose, go to Christopher's today.
2: Stop by today to see the many unique rings in all price ranges. Learn more at Christopher'sJewelry.com.
1: Tonight's forecast, scattered showers and thunderstorms possible later on, low near 62. Partly cloudy, warm and breezy Wednesday, mainly dry here, some showers out east, and a high near 81. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. Sponsored by Discover Card. Discover Card alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. It's free for card members. Sign up online at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply.
0: All money managers may seem pretty much the same. But while some money managers may recommend high-commission investment products, Fisher Investments avoids them. Some money managers may have hidden and layered fees. Fisher Investments never does. And while some money managers are happy to earn commissions from you, whether you do well or not, Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when you do better. In other words, we're structured to be on your side. Maybe that's why most of our clients come to us from other money managers. Talk with us and find out why so many experienced investors are switching to and staying with Fisher Investments. Fisher Investments, clearly better money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Visit us at fisherinvestments.com to find out what we can do for you.
3: Hey guys, Trent Condon here again. You've heard me talking about New Leaf Wellness. Maybe you thought about checking it out. Now's the time. Coming up on Thursday, New Leaf Wellness is having an open house. Thursday, May 10th from 9 until 5. This is your chance to learn what New Leaf Wellness can do for you. Including their hormone therapy and their weight loss program. You'll also be able to enjoy some healthy snacks and win Cubs tickets. That's right. Tickets to the iCubs and the Chicago Cubs were given away Thursday at New Leaf Wellness. And during the open house, take advantage of specials including 25% off hormone and weight loss evaluations, 25% off the first month of take-home injections, and a whole lot more. Stop by the open house Thursday, May 10th from 9 to 5 at New Leaf Wellness, 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. I'll be there live at 4 o'clock for Jimmy B and TC. Stop on out, win Cubs tickets, Chicago Cubs, and Iowa Cubs. We'll see you Thursday at New Leaf Wellness. What type of people will create a world without type 1 diabetes? We're the lift-each-other-up type. The more determined-than-you-think type.
1: The type that will walk for life-changing research. And stop at nothing. Until type
3: 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We roll till 6 o'clock tonight right here on the Big Talker 1700. Always good when we get a chance to catch up with Bobby LeGess, the land of 10. You need to know Hawk stuff. Bobby's got it for you. Bobby, good afternoon to you. And let's start first with just your overall comments, since we really haven't had a chance to have a conversation with you following the spring scrimmage and everything else that's kind of gone down with the football team.
4: Yeah, I would say coming out of that one, you have to that open practice event, whatever you want to call it, was just a small little sample, kind of snippet of the entire spring. You kind of don't want to overreact to anything you saw or underreact at the same time. Still, I think what Amani Hooker showed was his ability to make play, force turnovers, interceptions, was something not just that he did in that game, but talking to teammates in Kirk Ferris, Was something he did throughout the spring. So I think if you're an Iowa fan wondering, who's kind of going to step up and be the next playmaker in that secondary now that Josh Jackson has departed for the NFL. I think Amani Hooker kind of showed during the spring and not just in that spring game, He's a guy for that spot, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Because he looks like a ball hawk and fly it out in the field? Is the kind of weapon that safety Iowa hasn't had in the last couple of seasons.
3: You know, Bobby, as you go through position groups, it feels like there's certainly been some answers out there. I think the linebacker spot isn't as a big concern for me. I still have concerns, though, with the interior of that offensive line, and they had injuries in there. You know, they, they were shuffling parts around, with a lot of different combinations. When you look at that offensive line and a new running backs that are going to be behind them, what do you think is the biggest upside? What's best case scenario for the Hawkeye offensive line?
4: The best case scenario is they find a few guys who can open a hole. I know it's not really an an answer to what you were looking for, but that's what the team. Is after and you're right. Offensive line is a little bit tougher to kind of predict and talk about right now than linebacker because I don't think the coaches are necessarily convinced they know everybody who will be starting week one on the interior line. I think they have a better guess of it with the linebacking core after what they saw in the spring. But almost everything's still up for grabs. I think you have Keegan Runder almost locked in at center, but you know maybe he ends up starting at guard. But either way, I think he's the one name for certain that you have there, otherwise you have to see guys getting back from injury. A guy like Colt Banwart, who had a really good spring who you're going to look to see if he can kind of double down on what he did, build off of the spring, have a good summer, and show up for the preseason camp doing the same thing. So I think the best case scenario is whatever three guys you get, they're able to sustain a push up front that can create holes in the running game and then also make sure the quarterback stays upright in the passing game because when iowa had struggles the last couple of years moving the ball a lot of the time it was tied into an inability of the offensive line to control the line of scrimmage and a lot of the time it kind of was just the interior line too that was having that problem
1: hey bobby when nate stanley drops back the pass aside from the tight ends Fant and hawkinson who's going to catch the football
4: I think you'll see Nick easily be kind of the same role really you saw last year for him. Almost like a security break blanket, a player they want to get the ball to in space. I think Brandon Smith's going to have a really good year. Uh, most of the people around that program talked up what he did during the winter workouts in the spring. I know Brian Ferentz came out towards the end of spring practice kind of saying, well, I'm not counting on him for anything until he shows he can do it in a game. I think partially that was to offset the positive comments that were made by Kelton Copeland. Earlier in the spring, as a reminder to Brandon, you know, a good spring is one thing, but you got to show it on fall Saturdays. So I think those are your two receivers. I think Tyrone Tracy, the incoming freshman, is somebody who, will, who they'll give a chance to make plays. Is another player who you put the ball in space, see what he can do, can do some good things. Was a really good kick returner, wide receiver, running back. I think I was going to want to see what they have there. But those would be the first three names I would roll out at wide
3: receiver. So, Bobby, this is uh, the time where you guys are continuing to churn out content over at Land of Ten. You and Scott Dockerman do a great job. But uh, you get some goofy stories from time to time, things that, that are a little bit different. And uh, there was one from uh, yesterday that came out. Iowa State assistant coach Jim Hoffer uh, tweeting, which I guess he thought was maybe a private message about a commit that was excited about an Iowa offer. He said, well, that's okay. Have seen him competitively and was underwhelmed. Not exactly what you'd expect to see tweeted by an assistant coach. Take us inside that story, and uh, as you imagine, Cyhawk Hawk Twitter exploded once again.
4: Yeah, from that point of view, like May might be the worst time of year for that to happen because there's absolutely nothing <laughs> going on. Right. And people just need something to grasp for. But yeah, this is a reminder, one, Make sure you're always direct messaging when you think you're direct messaging. and not sending out um, general uh, tweets that the entire country can see. But, yeah, not a good look for Iowa State on multiple fronts because even apparently they weren't a fan of the recruit, but if they kind of had any hope of recruiting them, that's off the table now. Um, Probably have to do damage control, not just with the recruit, but that high school and recruits in the region. There's probably an NCA component to this, since you're really not allowed to be talking to kids um, through certain mediums. You only have a certain number of it, all that kind of stuff. And on top of it, you have the Iowa component to it, where it was a message that went to, if you noticed on it, multiple people Twitter accounts who worked for Iowa, yeah. was coaches or office personnel. And so, yeah, that, you know, the, the fan base has been in a tizzy over it. For part of the last day. I know we had a post on that at Land ten and my Twitter feed's been going on it and I didn't even have anything to do with this thing. So yeah, a big reminder of there's certain times of the year not to make mistakes and make sure you're always in the DMs when you think you're in the DMs. <laughs>
1: That's good. You're right about that. All right, take me to basketball a little bit of uh, a terrible downer year. How do they respond? Let's let's. I want to hear hear your response. If Tyler Cook returns, and then Bobby, if Tyler Cook does not return,
4: the difference there is going to be the expectations for the team. Because if Tyler Cook comes back, you're going to have a fan base that's going to look at it and go, two years ago, it was the team almost the tournament. It took a step back last year. You have your two best players back with Devin Bohannon." You should be contending for an NCAA tournament again. I think that's a realistic expectation with everything that they have. If he's gone, I think it's hard for Iowa to realistically map out a path for them to be an NCAA tournament team unless multiple players have seasons
3: beyond your
4: expectation or surprise you with their level of play. Regardless of if Tyler Cook is one of those players who comes back or not, I think they got to be spending as much of the summer workout practice time as they had as possible on the defensive end of the court. Like, if they had practices that were the old-school things where coaches wouldn't pull out the basketball and just have their teams work on, like, slide drills and other defensive drills for the entire time, I don't think that's the worst scenario for this Iowa team because everybody knows how great they are offensively, the same spot this team was in last year. If they can come along a little bit on the defensive side, that's going to be the difference between Iowa, you know, having a shot coming down February, March, making a tournament, or being kind of what you saw last year, which was another disappointing season, where the expectations of the fan base, and frankly, the players, too, just weren't fulfilled.
3: You you know, you you look at this, and coming into the season, we thought it was going to be a talented enough Iowa basketball team to at least be in bubble consideration, and that didn't play out. Did you ever pick up anything internally, just bad blood. It doesn't seem like there's infighting, or guys hollering at each other, guys at each other's necks, but when you look at the chemistry, were you able to pull anything out throughout that last season? I think one thing, one, when a
4: team wins, it doesn't matter who's in the locker room, they can all hate each other, and the chemistry's going to work. When a season goes sideways, you're going to have some of that stuff pop up because everybody wants to win, and now you're not, and so that's natural. You're going to have a team I still go back to this team and look at losing Christian Williams, and it didn't seem like much at the time, but he was a backup point guard. Became very obvious during the course of the season. Iowa needed one, Um, and he was a long-limbed guy who they liked his defensive ability, and that's somebody else that they lacked. And so you throw that together, and that was a key piece they missed. I don't know if just adding him is enough to then you say. Okay, the whole season doesn't turn out how it does, but I don't think it gets anywhere near as bad as it does where people are facing questions of what, what, room. You're looking at chemistry. You're looking at the coaching staff, and people are asking, well, should player go? because maybe he might have been a chemistry problem, or was this an issue with something that happened here, or what about the coaching staff or other things like that where people are turning over rocks on every single question to figure out how things just kind of spiraled and got out of control as badly as they did last season.
1: Bobby, they did not make any coaching moves at all. How do you expect them to improve defensively? Look, they they don't have to be locked-down defenders, but golly, can they still get a stop once in a while? And how do they go about doing that? Is there somebody who's going to be, I guess, the guy to try to fix that?
4: You have to find a way somehow to make that become a little bit more important of a mindset for the team. And it's easy to say, but it's harder to kind of put into practice. And if you were able to do that, you could probably make a lot of money as a consultant with basketball people, or you would be making like a million plus dollars as an assistant coach on somebody's NBA bench to help them with that. But I think that's where it starts, because every time these players talk about needing to do more on the defensive end, they always talk about having to have the mindset like because almost everyone on this team – the natural score. They get the ball, they go to get up down the floor, they find a way to attack a basket, whether it's somebody who, who's a point guard like Jordan or they're a shooter and they can get it on the wing and let it fly or they're in the post. And they get it and they look to make an aggressive score. They need to find a way to have that same kind of mindset on the defensive end where it doesn't matter if you're kind of turnover, over a mid-basket or the other team gets the rebound, you're going to get back. You're going to get in front of your man. You're going to do the assignment that's written for you on the scouting report that's there wasn't necessarily always being done. And I think Garza is a guy you can look to for that because they need somebody to protect the rim. I think he'll go into that role. You saw moments where he looked good on it last year. He was a freshman. I think he's a guy where if you see some growth on him on a defensive end, that can go a long way to kind of cover up some other issues. Because you've, you've seen it in the past with Woodbury, you know, a guy who can protect the rim, can help make it up, but another guy can beat on the perimeter. So if you get growth there, I think that's the biggest thing for this Iowa defense.
3: Bobby, uh, jumping over as we jump around a lot of different things. Spring, it's time for baseball as Hawkeyes uh, get ready for their final two series of the year. And after one of the most difficult schedules in the Big Ten, and then you add on uh, the series that they just concluded against Top 25 Oklahoma State, a little bit of a layup, it seems, to finish up Northwestern and Penn State, the bottom two teams in the conference. How good of a chance do you see Iowa having to get not just to the Big Ten tournament, but more importantly, make a run as an at-large team into the NCAA tournament?
4: Yeah, I think the first thing is you got to lock up that at-large tournament. The weekend series with Oklahoma State went a long way to helping Iowa there. Most everybody had them projected as either a you know, bubble team, first team in, or last team in, first team out. Those wins are going to help. They have to win these final Big Ten games, because if they just play 500, that's going to really hurt their case. I think this is a team that's shown that they're a really tough team to beat. They're going to be a tough out. It's a team that has experience. A lot of these players won a Big Ten tournament last year. They went to the NCAA tournament the year before. They're not going to be intimidated or surprised on the NCAA turning stage. They know what that's like. And so when you have a team with experience, have some good pitching, that's shown the ability to have some big hits, is capable of making a big rally. I think if you're the home team, you know, one of those top seeds that hosts it, I don't think you'd want to face a team like Iowa because they check off a lot of the boxes of what you don't want to face. Iowa won't be favored to come out of any regional they go into, but they're not going to be an easy team to beat either. So if you're going to be in that kind of spot where you're not the favorite, Iowa kind of is putting the profile together the kind of team you want to walk into that spot with
1: Bobby? Are you concerned that they only jumped a couple of points? However, in the in the rankings from fifty three up to fifty, uh, so are they still on the outside looking in because of that?
4: I would think I don't know enough about the baseball, you know, the RPI, the metrics, how everything is kind of put together for your at large burst, But I would have to imagine the wind you picked up over the team that was leading the Big Twelve, I believe has to help you more than virtually the anybody else in the bubble had. And I know some of, some of the uh, projections I've had him in, some did. I think with what Iowa already has in the papers, probably going to be enough to put him in as long as they don't stub their toe here and they win a couple of games in the Big 10 tournament. If they bow out early in the conference tournament, that might change things. But they're sitting good behind a shot to pick up you know, another one or two quality wins at a minimum in the week tournament. I think by the time you get down to unveiling of the tournament ball, but I think Iowa is gonna be in it. They will probably still be one of the last at large teams in, but they've done so much with their resume, I think they can feel confident with what they've already put together, going a long way to making a case for them to be in a large team.
3: Good stuff. Hey Bobby, always great catching up with you. Thanks as always for your time. time. All right, talk to you Jen Slater All right, that's Bobby Legesse land of ten. Him and Scott Dockerman do a great job. Tons of content each and every day. Bobby starts it every morning. One of my first reads every morning is everything that he has. Tons of great Hawkeye content over there. They have all the Big Ten teams. They're building also with the Cox Media Group some Big 12 sites. A lot going on down there. landof10.com. And the Iowa section with Bobby Lejeune, Jimmy B. You mentioned uh, what's going on right now as it pertains to Iowa. You know where they are—only moved up three spots in the RPI, up to a uh, 50. I've seen three different baseball bracketologies. All three of them do have Iowa in the field currently. And okay. uh, now this is something where, because their final two series are against teams that aren't very good, they can't afford to lose any of these series. So they'll have a lot of work to do, probably. In the Big Ten tournament, but if they go out, they have six games against uh, remaining three against Northwestern, three against Penn State, and uh, one game against Western Illinois. You know, if they go five and two, which I, I think is very realistic, they're going to be in good shape. But I've seen them uh, two of the spots as the number three seed out of the four seeds that that are in each regional. I think one of them heading down to Arkansas, another I saw them down to Old Miss. Uh, and uh number four seed, another one. But I think they're they're in good shape right now. Jimmy B just can't afford to stub their toe the last two weeks.
1: I agree with you on that. Yeah, you cannot lose to the so-called bottom feeders uh, at the end of the year. And if indeed they make it in here, Trent, we got to get Rick Heller back on.
3: Well, he's, I, yeah, he's so, we'll, we'll, he's so much fun to have on the show. We'll get him on regardless. We'll get, we'll get him probably leading into the uh, Big Ten tournament, then hopefully into the NCAA tournament. But you know, you look at what they've done, and and the Big Ten is a lot better than it used to be. You're seeing more and more of that money has been invested into baseball programs, but split with Indiana. They're 24th in the RPI. Beat Illinois. They were 57 in the RPI. Beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They're at number 30. Split with Nebraska. Lost two out of three to Minnesota, but at least got a victory there. Took the series against Michigan. Took the series against Oklahoma State. They They have a nice, solid resume here. And the way that they just battle, Jim. I mean, if you follow these games at all, they don't have elite level pitching, anything like that. They got a couple of nice arms there, but a- as a team, hitting wise, they don't have Jake Adams like they did a year ago. That's hitting nearly right. thirty bombs. But these guys, they just grind at bats. They make it incredibly difficult. And if they get in as a number three seed in some of those teams that I'm talking about, you know, they're making their way down to Arkansas. Just think of the way they battled the last two times they've been in the NCAA tournament. What they did. You know, when they went down to Missouri State, when uh, Houston last year. That's a team, if I'm one of those top seeds that, that's played at home, I don't want to see Iowa in my bracket.
1: Yeah, no, they're dangerous. There's no question about that. I can tell you this, though. Uh, if they go to Arkansas, up in Fayetteville there, in the northwest corner, you know that area well. Yeah. They, they invest a lot of money in their baseball. And going into that baseball stadium, it's, I mean, it's, it seats like 10,000. And I mean, it, it has a feel of a major league ballpark. I mean, the way that it is taken care of and the uh I guess the bells and whistles that the fans get when they show up at the ballpark. Uh, It's a fabulous college baseball stadium. And, of course, you know, they have the the better weather. Mm -hmm. Uh, They play in the SEC. And when you're down in the south or out west in, say, Phoenix or Tucson or in Southern California, uh, those baseball stadiums are incredible for college baseball so it's an eye-opener but man it would be a great trip wherever they end up and it would be fun for us to cover
3: yeah and uh well maybe a road trip down there if it's arkansas Ah, i just made that drive it's not too difficult i know you did yeah, I know. Uh, I might be willing to go yeah. back, absolutely, hang out yeah. at Bomb Stadium. I'm I'm in. Yeah. Ha- well, maybe yeah. not. But, but if we can make it happen, <laughs> we'll certainly do it. We're coming back. We're putting a cap on things here on the other side, taking you up until 6 o'clock tonight. Jimmy B and TC on 1700. All right, we're back one final time. Jimmy B and TC with you on the Big Talker 1700. Jim Brinson, uh, got a lot going on, including this week. Heading out to our friends at New Leaf Wellness doing a live show from there on Thursday. But best part about it, I got tickets to give away. I got a pair of tickets to the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs, against the Phillies in June. So Cubs fans, if you're looking for a little baseball, I got tickets. All you got to do, show up on Thursday. They're having their open house all day long. We'll be out there from 4 until 6 o'clock. Stop by, put your name in the drawing. We're giving away Chicago Cubs tickets. We got eight iCubs tickets we're giving away. All you have to do, no purchase necessary, stop on out to New Leaf Wellness on West Town Parkway Thursday. We'll be there live at 4 o'clock. You are the man. I take back everything I ever said about you. You are the man. That's nice of you to say, Jimmy B. Nice of you (laughs) to say. All right, so the day got got off to just a a wonderful start for me, Brinson. As I got going today, the Twins, with the victory, was able to watch it through uh, most of the afternoon, so that was awesome. They're playing good baseball now five in a row, including a a mini-sweep, if you will, of the Cardinals taking both games down in St. Louis. They're off to Anaheim to take on the Angels with the day off tomorrow, and that one will go from Thursday until Sunday. Jim, uh, what's on the docket for you tonight? You don't got any hockey, as we got to wait now till Thursday before we get game yes. seven of the Jets and the Preds. But uh, basketball tonight, two games that, that well, th- those point spreads will tell you a lot. They're both double digits.
1: Oh, I'm sure they are. And I look for Houston to close out and I look for Golden State to close out as well. Uh, but I will keep an eye on both of them. Look, I was so on with my Washington Capitals pick and you, we laughed about it and we all know that they were one and nine against Pittsburgh when they played each other. Last time they won a, a series against the Penguins was 1994. So this was something special with the Washington Capitals. Uh, Ovechkin gets a chance now to play in the conference finals. I watched the Jets and Nashville last night, Trent, as well. I'm telling you, Nashville's dangerous. They, they really are because they walked in to a hornet's nest against the Jets last night in their building and just stuffed them. I'm, I'm sure that poor Ken Miller is like in a fetal position someplace as we're speaking right now. And it might even get a lot worse when those two teams play again, uh, in game seven. And you know, both of us are always in for a game seven, uh, in Nashville. But this evening, I am going to partake. Look, it's the best rivalry in baseball, bar none. It's Boston, New York. I'm going to watch some of that. Mm -hmm. I know fans will argue here in the Midwest it's Cub cards. No, it doesn't compare. To Boston and New York on the West Coast, it's Dodgers Giants. Still not the same as the Yankees and the Sox. So I will watch some of that tonight. Look, the Cubs are playing the. Uh, let's see, were they uh, Miami again tonight? And so we saw that. You know, I call Miami a slump buster because that's exactly what Chicago used them for the snap that losing skid. And my guess is is they will route them again. This evening. So that's kind of where I'm going to be right now for my TV viewing sports-wise tonight.
3: Yeah, and we'll get to see uh, a former Iowa Cub making another start. He did it a year ago, got a spot start. Jen Ho Tsang will be making his way yeah. up. Hasn't been a great start to the season for Shang. as he... uh He's been roughed up down here at Iowa as the I-Cubs overall have have really struggled, but uh, he will get the start tonight against Urena, who's 0-5 this season. ERA not terrible, but the record uh, not looking pretty there. I'll dip into that one. Uh, Obviously, always got to have an eye on that one, and well, I'm scoreboard watching, Jimmy B. Yeah, scoreboard watching already on May 8th. Cleveland, they're in Milwaukee tonight, but... Ah, uh, Corey Kluber's on the mound. When Kluber's on the mound, I like to uh, dip into that for a little bit. So ah, I I'll, see. I'll get into that. Angels Rockies, not awful. And, and tonight, late well, night, we get Arizona Dodgers and the Dodgers yep. continuing to try to pull themselves out of that deep hole that they're in. Chibi B, it, it's eight back, eight back. It, yes, I know. yeah, yeah. It's, Back though, and the Dodgers with the injury to Seager, and on and on and on. And we talked a lot of baseball earlier this hour with Scott Miller, and you can find the podcast coming up right after the show with him if you missed it. But I- I'll tell you, Jim, this Dodgers team—I just, what-, what did we miss? What, why? It looked like they were on track again to win hundred plus games. Yes. Is it uh, now is a World Series loss? But is it a World Series hangover? Is there more to it? <sighs>
1: I don't know if it is or not. Look, I know that was devastating uh, to the Dodgers uh, to lose that series to the Houston Astros. Although both you and I felt that the Astros were the best team, and they proved it. Um, I I don't know how players, you, you know, can recover from from that devastation. But look, we've seen it in the in, particularly in the NBA. We've seen the Cleveland Cavaliers lose in the finals and the very next year here they are trent they're they're right back in the eastern conference finals again and everybody's going man look at lebron so uh i i don't know how it affects baseball players and obviously that loss in the finals hasn't affected the calves so i don't know i i just it, it's weird how they have gotten out of the block so slow meaning the dodgers i, I i'm with you i just When I looked at the standings today, I couldn't believe when I saw they were eight out already. I mean, when I was calling the Texas Rangers games, they were eight out after the first week of the regular (laughs) season. So I was used to that, working those games. But... You wouldn't expect the Dodgers to be there. So this is an eye-opener, and Arizona's playing great right now, despite the fact that Goldschmidt is hitting like the Mendoza line right now. They can't seem to get him going.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting look out there in the West, and the Dodgers haven't had Justin Turner mention the Seager injury. Now Clayton Kershaw has tendinitis, and what's that going to lead to? How big it is? Uh, you hate to say a lost season, but it very well could be. Out west there. So a little baseball tonight, always good. The NBA, all right, if you had to choose one, one of the two teams tonight facing elimination, New Orleans or Utah, who has a better chance, not of winning the game, because I don't think either of that's going to happen, but covering the spend, keeping this thing in single digits, who do you give the best shot to? Uh,
1: I think Utah might have a better chance than the Pelicans. I have a feeling that, with the pelicans and all the the young talent that they have on that team uh they could be shaken early in this game and we all know that golden state in the second half can make a run and outscore you 20 to 2 and close the game like like that so i would say utah just because they can play better defense it doesn't mean that they will but they can so i would say if 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 you were going to say, okay, which team has a chance to stay in it longer? I'll say Utah.
3: Going with the Jazz uh, to keep it close tonight. To keep it, the,
1: yeah, let's, to keep it at least interesting. Right, at least interesting.
3: And yeah. Let's hope we get that, Jim. Let's hope that yeah. we get that. We'll get uh 76ers Celtics another elimination game back in Boston tomorrow night, but. Yeah, the the long layoffs I, I just don't like and I don't like that we don't get hockey for two nights. I've been oh, interested terrible. in the hockey and, and it's a game seven. I get it. They're trying to set the schedule for the weekend. Wanna get the yep. conference final started on Saturday and so I get it. I understand it. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Well very they spoil
1: much. they spoil us with great action and then they take it away for two days. Right. And you're like you're like left hanging, like what? Come <laughs> on, man. I'm like salivating over this. Come on, give it to me, give it to me. No, you have to wait. We're like little kids in the candy store. Mommy, I want that. I want No, you can't have that.
3: Hook us up. What that will hook you up is we will be back tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller over your lunch hour from noon until 2, and then Jimmy B and TC on your drive home from 4 until 6 o'clock. Thanks, everybody, out there for listening. And once again, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Enjoy your night in sports.